I think we're transitioning because we saw the death of big labels, the traditional ones, right? Because with the digital age, they didn't know with Spotify, with iTunes, uh, like actually with Apple Music, the streaming sites, um, it sort of killed the traditions of uh, how it works, right? Before they would hire, like they would find talents and they would develop them and give them, you know, studio time forever. Uh, I mean, what like the Beatles, I think, worked on an album for a year in the studio. They had like access, like well, this is unimaginable. I just don't even like think how how could this happen today? Uh, people make music now from their bedrooms. I mean, it's like. <laughs> Yo, this is Leo Black exclusively at Dame Dash Studios, and this is Leo Black Show. And my special guest today is Aisha Denise. Hi. <laughs> it's so nice to be here, Leo. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I pretty much just want to go from the beginning to what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So how did you get your start in music? Where'd your creativity come from? Just a full background check okay um i was okay so there's a story that my mom always tells okay it's really uh, it's a bit cringe but <laughs> um i guess it has to start from there is that when she was pregnant when she was like seven months pregnant with me she went to see the movie uh amadeus uh, based on the you know story of um, mozart and apparently i was normally a very calm baby fetus <laughs> whatever it is you call and um and when i um, went uh to that well, in her tummy, I guess, like, I reacted a lot that she thought I was going to, you know, I was going to pop out, basically. And so she was like, oh, my God, I need to go to the hospital. But then in the intermission, because we have intermissions in, in Turkey, where I'm from, um, I was calm again. And then when it was the second half, you know, there was that action again when the, the, when the music started. So she was like, oh, she's going to be a musician for sure. And so, <laughs> and then every, um, you know, when I was uh, born, I spent a lot of time, um, near the piano like just playing with it making sounds and trying to sing and and I really liked it as a toy and I guess like that sort of uh, ended up in piano lessons and then I um, I took it very seriously so when I was I guess nine um, I was already performing um, concerts so it was it took like three years I guess to get to that point of um, performing with um, orchestras in public and giving concerts and touring um, and so, yeah, so uh, I have a very nice story, actually, when I was six, so it had been six months of official piano lessons. Um, I won a little competition, uh, it's a national competition, actually, uh, and uh, the, the <laughs> rewards were basically this huge box of candy uh, and uh, health insurance and a bicycle. So I was like, this is my career. <laughs> I'm going to be a pianist. Uh, we're rich, you know, <laughs> like I was screaming, like candy everywhere. Anyway, so that was uh, potentially my first, uh, you know, incentive uh, into <laughs> professional career. And I, yeah, that was my decision point. <laughs> and then it, it came naturally after. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the very beginning. The very beginning. <laughs> Long time ago. I was just going to ask, um, so has piano always been your instrument of choice? Well, actually, I was not allowed to play any other instrument. That's the thing. So I wanted to play the violin very badly because you can, uh, you know, carry it around and you can practice anywhere you want. And uh, it's it's one voice. So it's actually much, um, 
in a way more melodic, but I would say harmonically very much easier uh, because you know you have ten fingers on the piano. You have to like think about the bass, the middle register, the high notes, and then how do you you know balance? And you're like a DJ actually when you play, uh, trying to you know maybe emphasize certain notes, and and um, you have to also have a very good technique in both hands. Uh, whereas you know um, violin was, I just felt like it could be more of an easier sort of. Performing aspects of it, so like very melodic, and and uh, but my parents were like, no, you should concentrate on piano. You have to be good at it. Uh, you can't just spread yourself too thin. So I actually ended up, um, you know, sticking with piano, which I really loved. But it was a love-hate relationship, definitely. <laughs> there were moments. <laughs> yeah. So what was it, uh, love and hate, about playing the piano? Well, I guess it's a bit of a monologue you have, um, as as you would have in any anything. Like I'm sure you've faced this, where you're uh, always trying to beat yourself. Like you know, I can do the better. Um, what can I do? And I'm terrible. And then you have to like this roller coaster where like, oh my god, I suck. And then I'm like, no, actually, it's working out. And then somehow, like with piano, you can see these developments really weirdly, where um, your muscles are very important. And so if you work on something one day, you might not see any change. But then you sleep over it. The next day it works. It's really strange. And somehow your muscles uh, learn it when you're asleep, I think. Um, and so this process um, goes on. And you know, in a month, you can actually uh, have a huge um, progress, uh, which you might have not imagined before. So it's this debate in yourself that you have, like, how long will it take me to conquer this piece? And like, how long will I be secure about it? How am I going to memorize these notes? Um, am I going to be like, what if I shake? What if the weather is too cold? My muscles get tense and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a lot of these like scary moments. Uh, and uh, when, of course, there is mistakes you make in, in public and um, you have to basically not kill yourself for it. Like it's, I think that was the hardest thing I learned because I was very critical of myself uh, when I was a kid and because of my teachers are very disciplined. Um, I was not allowed to play anything but classical. Like I um, wasn't allowed to touch pop music, rock music, nothing that my family actually listens to. So um, it was a stressful you know, um, experience for the beginning years of my life uh, with music, but that changed afterwards, yeah. Nice, glad it did. That goes back to the phrase like practice makes perfect. Right. Repetition is key. Right. You know, so it's good that you know you you install that in yourself and have that drive to keep going. Right. Exactly. And you know, mistakes aren't actually that important if you can develop from them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Be because if you don't make mistakes, how are you gonna even you know learn anything new? Mistake equals like a new venture and in any field too. I think. Yeah. Gotta learn from the mistakes. So I noticed you mentioned teachers. Yeah. Did you go to any music schools? And if you did, what schools you went to? And what did you learn from them? Yeah, so I basically spent, um, be before college, my life was based on like private lessons. And then I went to normal school, academic school. Um, but then I would go to summer festivals every year. So I would go to USA, like for example, Aspen, um, or Santa Barbara, like where all these classical festivals happen. And um, you meet with a lot of kids, like 
um, your age and they also play musical instruments and they're very talented so you, you get to know where your level is and you can also there's this competition too which is I guess nice um, but it's this really nice positive social environment um, and you work with professors uh, from very good schools so um, through that experience actually I've um, traveled to like China to um, Switzerland to um, USA as I said and uh, a lot and Germany um, and uh, it helped me choose which school I wanted to go to because it's very much like sport where you choose a teacher and uh, not necessarily the school um, because you know the teacher is the most important coach you have so you have like one-on-one -on -one lessons every week and then um, they, they teach you basically the technique of it and and the repertoire and the philosophy behind music um, and so I chose um, my professor, and um, he's he was a head of keyboard at uh, Eastman School of Music. Um, and then I went to London for uh, masters again um, for a teacher uh, there who judges like really big competitions. Um, and so yeah, I, I've studied. I was very lucky to, you know, be accepted to their studios and and work with them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. so, so you went to two separate music colleges? So, yes, Eastman okay. School of Music was my undergrad. Eastman? And then okay. Eastman, yeah, and then uh, Royal Academy of Music was in uh, my for my master's. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and what's, so, what's something, like a skill that you took from Eastman that you learned, that you use every day mm -hmm. um, in, in, your, in your performances, while you're recording, while you're practicing? Yeah, well, from Eastman, I, I learned specifically um, the technique. Um, I, because, you know, when you're a kid, your muscles change and you develop. And some things, um, like, for example, I was suffering with double joint syndrome, where, I mean, it's not a syndrome, I guess everyone has it. But it's like, you know, when your fingers go, like, other way around, right? And you're very weak and you, <laughs> you don't have that developed. So uh, I, was, I remember I was nine and I was trying to, like, figure out how to press the key so that my, my fingers don't bend like that. And so, you know, those little like, things that you wouldn't even think of really affect us. And that affects the entire tone and the projection of the piano where you play. And so um, when I developed, of course, teenagers are really awkward, uh, where you feel not so strong. You don't know how to use force. And it's very much like, um, uh, like Kung Fu, for example, where like you really have to use your force, but without using any energy. So you very much spe um, specialize and focus on certain points, and then you just use your body weight instead of like pushing. And so to learn that was very important, and it took me very long actually to do that. Um, so uh, the technical aspect had to be revised when I was uh, in university at Eastman. Uh, and then at in my master years, it was more the philosophy of things and more um, you know, the detailed aspect and more about tone production. Um, it's the polishing of it, basically. Like once you have the technique done, how do you make it sound professional? That it's like recording quality. So it's it's those like little, um, very very tiny uh, important details that we worked on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the proof is in the pudding. The, the details. Yeah. The craft, you know. The craft. That's attention a great way to, to each little detail. That's what makes it. That's what makes you you. That's what makes you unique, you know? That's what you can, I mean, obviously, when you're just playing right now, I can tell that you really care about your craft, mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of skill, technique, practice to be able to pull those keys off mm -hmm. the way you are. Um, now, the School of Royalty, that was where you got your master's from. A lot of people don't have their master's in music. 
um, including me. I was one of those. I went to music schools. I went to the Los Angeles uh, Film and Recording School. I was on the recording side. Um, I loved it. Um, but still then I learned some things there, like reading music and stuff like that, that I didn't take home with me, that I didn't use every day. I'm more like rhythm and flow. I go with the flow. I got natural rhythm. See, I'm that's <laughs> amazing because that so is very opposite, right, of why my training. I was very much like, I think that's what the music schools lack, unfortunately, in classical industry where you don't have that freedom. You don't that's have the, like, you don't have the creativity to be able to create your own voice because that's you're repeating music of old you know, like, I mean, dead people, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, who died like 200 years ago. So yeah. it's the, I on one hand, you're right, it's like very detailed and crafts oriented, but then um, there isn't that much freedom to be unique. So I really appreciate um, your, your training as well. We talked about Beethoven a little bit and how you learned about him putting out music independently, classical yes. music. He may be like the first independent artist ever, <laughs> Beethoven. Yeah. That's that's a big cap. That's dope. That's so I definitely got to do my research on that. Mm -hmm. That was dope. But talk about how it is being an independent artist, or if you're if you have a situation right now with the label, independent label, so how you're distributing your music, publishing. Right. So basically, thing. I think we're transitioning because we saw the death of big labels, the traditional ones, right? Because with the digital age, they didn't know with Spotify, with iTunes, uh, like actually with Apple Music, the streaming sites, um, it sort of killed the traditions of uh, how it worked, right? Before they would hire, like they would find talents and they would develop them and give them, you know, studio time forever. Uh, I mean, what like the Beatles, I think, worked on an album for a year in the studio. They had like access, like well, this is unimaginable. I just don't even like think how how could this happen today? Uh, people make music now from their bedrooms. I mean, it's like it's a completely different scenario, and it's very expensive to go to these studios to record. So you can only get a few dates, even if we're, you're with a label. So um, so you know, a lot of things has has changed, and I think um, I. I sort of lost my trust on big labels or, or any labels, to be honest, because I was thinking, look, like I can do this alone probably. You know, there is a lot of resources for independent artists. Um, you can publish your own music. You can, you know, you can use social media to build fans um, and you can give your message. You don't need anybody. So um, why should you um, have another? The, there are, of course, good things for labels. Like they can put in a lot of marketing money, for example. They can put in 100K for you to like go, you know, I don't know, tour and like, um, if you're big though, that's only if you're very big. So if you're like an emerging artist um, or if you're in a niche music market, then they're not gonna really care about you. So that's what I realized. I had some meetings with them and um, they wanted to do very short term uh, projects that would bring in money, but then they wouldn't really like develop me um, from the offers. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait until I have leverage so that I can negotiate the terms as I want. Um, so, you know, that uh, will happen. I mean, thing is, uh, I don't know what your point, uh, what your uh, views are, are on these like big labels, but um, I'm sure you would agree that you don't need them um, to, to succeed, Definitely don't need right? them now, nowadays. Yeah. It's, I mean, th it's totally different. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it's smarter to put out your, mu your music independently now. Mm -hmm. That's something that Dame Dashes preach, like independence, you know, owning mm -hmm. your publishing, owning your masters. 
Right. Um, so w- it's good that we can speak about that at Dame Dash Studios, mm-hmm. the power of independence. Yeah, because you own everything too, right? Facts. Like you don't have to sell your music and get like a few percentage of it. I have some friends who signed, but they're you know the deal wasn't at all a good business from what I uh, what I saw, and it seems like a lot of labels are exploiting artists. Even streaming sites, to be honest, I would say. <laughs> but yeah. It's facts. So we talked a little bit about your recording process, you know, from the studio to your bedroom. What's your recording process like, you know, playing an instrument like a piano? And mm-hmm. um, um, well, the recording process is very, um, how can I say? It's a bit difficult for piano because you don't always get good pianos wherever you go, so it's very hard to record on a good one. Um, and I was lucky to have a sponsor uh, in in the states, uh, Kawaii Pianos. Um, they send me pianos wherever uh, I want, and um, and that has been like the biggest help I've ever gotten, to be honest. Because uh, pianos are super expensive, it's like it could be like two hundred thousand dollars, and you need like good acoustics. Like if you really want a, go- a good recording, you would probably record in a church, and then it would have like this natural reverb, and then this piano, and then it has to be tuned. You have to have the tuner to fix things the entire day there, and like the the temperature if it fluctuates, then oh my god, that's the worst because the tuning changes. And then when you the the recordings you make in the morning don't match the recordings you make in the evening. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You would <laughs> like, it's your yeah. So it drives me mad. To be honest, I I'm just hoping maybe at some point I can transition into like samples, like using samples so that I can produce more, and because this um, limits my production uh, currently. Like to get the engineer, to get the piano, to get the church, and then blah, 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 like it's very expensive and it's it just takes a lot of effort. So I'm trying to transition to the sample world where I just downloaded some good ones on my computer and we'll see. They still don't match the real piano sound, I think, um, but um, they're good enough and that's what I'm trying to develop now, using a bit more technology, learning logic, like learning production, orchestration, mock-ups. Um, and eventually I would like to um, have the show uh, as a soundtrack but without the m- movie so that it would be very dramatic with effects, um, with uh, backing tracks, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear that soundtrack. I'm sure everybody else that's listening is excited to hear it too. Um, let people know where they can hear your yes. next project. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you got a North America tour coming up, so let them know about those dates. Where can they find you performing at? Thank you, yeah, so actually um, I will be performing at Summit Series in November. Um, it's unfortunately a closed project, but I mean, it's it's not public, but uh, it's sort of like TED Talks, very, it's a very nice um, place to, to perform uh, with all these leaders coming and speaking in panels. And um, it's part of a really interesting project where they create sounds from the frequencies um, of plants. So it's like a part of an installation. So I will, uh, you know, I'll write about it uh, once that happens. Uh, I think it's interesting. And then I have a tour in Turkey, and then I'll be back in March till summer. Um, I'll have a West Coast tour. So people can find those dates if they sign up to my email list on my website, adpianist.com. Um, so we do the tours according to how many signups we have from each city. And the, the cities that have the most demand uh, get a priority. So that's how we're organizing the tour. Um, hopefully East Coast will come afterwards, but we're focusing on the West. So LA um, and uh, San Francisco and Seattle are the first three that I'll be performing at. Mm-hmm. 
Dope. Well, thank you so much, Aisha, Denise. Did I say it right at that time? That's perfect. Let's yes. see. Let's say you, let's uh, hear you say it properly. Aisha Denise. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to, so of course. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We got Delorean over there. Sid Delorean, he's on the guitar on the bass. You know, and he plays the violin. Really? We got the, and I, I know you got another artist on the show. You know, I think while we're here, we got to jam out. That's amazing. Let's do it. It would be a pleasure. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was checking Black out the. Guns, the load Thank you. <laughs> That's facts. All right, cool. <laughs> Yo, this so is Leo Black. We're at Dame Dash Studios, and this is the Leo Black Show.